Hello beautiful souls and welcome to Active Creative Perspectives. I'm Valerie, your guide on this transformative journey where unique prism of life unfolds in full spectrum. And today we have David with us. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you very much, Valerie. I'm grateful to be here. And today we'll like to explore your journey and where you are today and how did you get to this place? Wonderful. Uh, so I suppose my journey started during a pivotal moment in my life when, you know, after finishing school, my parents broke the news to me that they were getting a divorce. And that was a very crushing, devastating event for me. Um, I think really amplified by the fact that you know, I don't have any siblings. So it was really difficult to process that independently. Um, it affected me deeply as I navigated university and you know struggled with social anxiety, making friends, um, trying to cope with the pressures of doing well and making my parents proud really took a toll on me. Uh, and between that and forming intimate relationships, um, seeing them break down and really finding it hard to open up to my friends about what I was going through. Uh, I really, um, yeah, I really found it quite a, um, isolating experience, I would say, even when I tried to navigate the mental health care system for support and, you know, maybe you, Valerie, or maybe some of, um, those listening can relate, you know, so it can be a, a very difficult, arduous process with a lot of barriers, um, whether it's cost or distance or stigma, or even just feeling heard and understood, you know, by the person, the clinician, the psychologist that you're speaking with. And that's, that's what I struggled with, you know, and I'm grateful now that I have an amazing psychologist who listens to me and empowers me with thought provoking questions, but that wasn't the case back then. And, you know, I, I, I never felt truly comfortable to share what I was really going through. And I was, um, clinicians were quick to prescribe antidepressants and, you know, other medication, which created more harm than good. And that really dashed my hopes, you know, in the system. Um, I, uh, like I said before, I found it difficult to cope and I turned to drugs and alcohol to try and find some escape from my suffering and turmoil. Um, and it got so bad that I just needed to express what I was going through to someone. And, you know, I was in the workforce coming off the back of uni and didn't really see any clear direction uh in my career i didn't i really struggled to stay in a job for longer than six to 12 months for a variety of different reasons um a lot of it was due to um uh, bosses that discriminated against others and myself and um never feeling stimulated or challenged uh, or purposeful in the work that i was doing and so yeah coupled with all of the challenges that I mentioned before, um, it all came to a head where I just needed to express what I was going through with someone. And that person was my dad. Um, I found it really hard to have that conversation because growing up, you know, I perceived him to be quite, um, stoic and closed off emotionally. So, you know, different generation, 
Eastern European, um, you know, also I think subjected to a lot of toxic masculine stereotypes that showing emotion is a sign of weakness, which we all know is not true. Um, but all of that taken together made it really hard for me to open up to him. But when I did, you know, instead of telling me to put up, shut up, get on with it, you know, which is the same narrative that my dad raised me on, um, he actually listened. Uh, he validated what I was going through. And then almost as if he now felt he had permission or felt comfortable enough to do so, opened about, about all the trauma um, that he faced, you know, living in refugee camps, migrating to Australia, sleeping on park benches, um, building a new life for himself here and going through a very um, traumatic divorce before attempting to end his life. And while it was incredibly confronting, it actually brought us a lot closer together and it inspired me to build my first company in the mental health yeah. space, um, which was designed to bring people together for uh, meaningful conversations about their shared experiences, right? So, you know, one could connect with someone else who also knew what it was like to potentially, you know, feel um, lost or anxious or um, struggle in relationships. And that sense of peer support that brought Dad and I close together and really helped us feel heard and understood is the same concept that brought you know, thousands of people together on our app across Australia, across India. Um, and you know, last year, uh, you know, due to personal challenges and, and resourcing constraints, we weren't able to grow. And so um, that community on the LinkMate app has now been looked after by Beyond Blue, and I've moved into a coaching role uh, and speaking role now. I'm really in the hopes of sharing a lot of the insights and lessons um, and just experiences that I've been through, you know, whether it's in mental health or entrepreneurship or personal development or relationships, um, because I've experienced a lot of challenges there, but also a lot of insights and breakthroughs that have really shaped my journey in a positive way. And I feel really blessed to be able to now, you know, share that with others to empower professionals, entrepreneurs to, you know, become leaders of their own lives, to speak at conferences and workplaces and build mentally healthy cultures and, and really, um, you know, elevate the, the consciousness of people uh, right now because the, the world can be a scary place. Um, but I think, you know, by having conversations like these and also through platforms like um, active creative perspectives, you know, we can, we can really, um, you know, inspire people to, to come from a place of love and, and to advance despite their adversity. So if we can go back into your childhood and your journey prior to what happened with your parents, were you always that enthusiastic and had that nature of um, achieving or fixing and finding solutions. Do you remember the moments that were inspiring for you when you, when you were a kid? That's a really great question, Valerie. Um, you know, I, I certainly was raised by very ambitious, 
high achieving parents. So I think they instilled that within me at an early age. Um, I do remember being very creative at school and English was easily my most favorite subject because it gave me an opportunity to express and to talk and to write and be creative with my you know, language. And so I think, um, going through school and being raised with this mentality of solving problems and, um, striving to be better than I was yesterday, coupled with my love of creativity and expression definitely shaped my journey uh, and, and path that I'm on now for sure. And going through that, uh, experiencing your childhood and being creative, using your talents to achieve and have goals when your parents gave you the news, how did it feel for you at that moment? What was the feeling, uh, in your world back then? There was a really intense sinking feeling in my stomach, which felt like, you know, it dropped through the floor. It was really quite overwhelming. And, you know, I think a part of me knew that it was happening um, because I later learned that my parents had, like the idea of a divorce had been floated when I was only three years of age, but they decided to try and stay together until I finished school, you know, potentially to try and protect my development or mental health in that process. So, um, but, you know, in spite of that, there still was a lot of tension and resentment and hatred that brewed. And as a young impressionable kid, you know, they're very um, susceptible to that. And they can, you know, it, I suppose that's, that's why parents are often very cautious about what they say around their children because they know that their kids can take on that energy and those emotions and, and, and language. And so I think because of that and living in that environment, which felt a little tense, um, I, I did know that it was happened, that it was bound to happen, but I didn't stop the fact that it, it, it was, was very, um, overwhelming and, and even more so because, like I said before, without siblings, you know, I like I felt like my dad was my brother growing up, and my mom was my sister because you know I would, in in some ways, play with them as I would with a sibling. Um, so without having that anymore, it, it it just made things much more intense for me to bear. So by going through that feeling of losing friends. Uh, the closest people that you grew up with and going to the deepest, as a heroic journey goes, go to the deepest moments where you found grief and go through that moments where you turn to any possible ways to get out of that stage. What was the main thing that gave you the light, gave you the path? or guidance around you that took you out 
into the place where you are today? Internally, I think learning how to be patient with myself uh, helped a lot because you know, I used to be very impatient. So being struck with, you know, the parents' divorce and then relationship breakdowns and struggling to find my feet in a career and, you know, mental health challenges and everything else, like it kind of felt like my world was spiraling downwards, which really tested <laughs> my patience and resilience. So I think um, learning how to cultivate that internally made a really big difference. But, uh, and in addition to that, um, being vulnerable enough to have these conversations with friends whom I trusted, who genuinely loved and supported me, um, with the psychologist that I mentioned who you know, really supports me now, and just a plethora of different coaches and mentors um, that supported my own personal development and, and professional and, and business development. So I think that they were really sh um, positive, shining lights of hope and, and proof that it is possible to overcome um, trauma and, and challenges and and thrive and, and, and still make um, a, a dream a reality. So I think spending time around people like that really inspired me and gave me that sense of hope and um, it reminded me to continue going and, and, and being patient along the way. So by having that supporting system around you, the environment of people that drove you to see the ways and going through the mental challenges and listening to the uh, direction for yourself, uh, finding that you are listened and heard and share, sharing and expressing what you feel gave you the direction to belong in that space of mental health. And by finding the niche that way you felt that you can achieve, you build a, a platform that supports what you've went through and helps others to go through the same thing and have that community feeling that people are hearing you, that you are supported and there's other people around that can guide you. So, and now you're going into the coaching. So you're leading your path into going into a new stage where you are one-on-one -on -one coaching, supporting, mentoring, and speaking from your perspective now to others. So how do you feel like this is expanding on that journey that happened to you during those lower moments to where it's finding a new way of opening up into your path, into your journey? Mm. Well, it, it definitely feels like a full circle moment, you know, because I, I really looked up to the coaches and mentors who supported me and who had faith in me. And, you know, I, I 
really uh, value being able to be in this position and share um, what has helped me overcome, you know, the issues that, that my clients face, the very same issues that I faced, you know, whether it was working in a job that maybe looked good on paper, but didn't, doesn't fill them with a sense of purpose or joy or connection or fulfillment. Um, and, you know, overcoming things like a lack of self-confidence, uh, and, and, and discipline to, to execute on, on their dreams, whether it is to, you know, become a, a leader in the industry or, or, um, you know, start a business of their own. Like these are very, uh, real challenges that I experience viscerally and it, it really is isolating. Um, it can be isolating trying to navigate those challenges independently. And so, uh, I feel like, you know, but there's no accidents, right? Valerie and everything does happen for a reason, I believe. So these, um, traumas and, and, um, moments of suffering that I experienced, I see as being, uh, really important lessons and tools, um, you know, that, that I've kind of, uh, transformed and used to serve others in, in a meaningful way. So now when you found that belonging place where you feel safe to share and provide for others and giving the direction, the guidance for others to go through the, those moments of challenges or finding the direction, how do you feel yourself? What's the success for you or fulfillment? when you know this is the direction you're right on, you feel complete? Yeah, awesome question. I, it takes many different flavors and, and shapes and sizes. So, you know, if a client gets a job that they have been wanting, um, that's a win for them and it's a win for me. You know, it's very fulfilling. If they raise money for their startup, um, and that helps them get, um, some ammunition and momentum to fast track their growth, then that's, again, that's a, another, a blessing, you know, if, if they, um, simply feel more at peace and intentional with their activities day to day and they build healthy habits and they're thriving, um, mentally and, and physically and it's positively impacted their relationships with friends with family loved ones uh that's amazing you know that's that's really um a sign that that what i'm doing is is making a difference and so you know ha having these little victories and moments of impact really been a lot to me because it means that um this this work that uh, makes a difference and, and also is, is reaffirming for, um, my clients as well, because it's, I'm not doing the work they are, you know, I'm simply holding space for them and, and sharing what's helped me and empowering them. So it, it's a, a testament to those who, um, who don't work 
with me to realize that, you know, if, if they can do it, then anyone else can, um, you know, the, the living examples that it's possible to overcome challenges and, and, and achieve goals. And for you, because you've achieved already a lot in your personal path, in your career path, and then giving uh, direction and guidance to everyone else that you're supporting and holding space. When you open up that space and you hold and you feel that you connecting people to yourself and you connecting through them, what's your perspective on the overall state of society on what they're going through and what's other traces that you can see are repeating mm. yeah it's a good point and, and you know i think i'm glad you raised this uh valerie because based upon you know all the clients that i work with i see four main challenges arise um, one of them is negative self-talk. So a lot of clients tell themselves that they can't achieve something um, or that they're not worthy of a, of a raise, a promotion, or being a business owner. Uh, and it's really common. It's like scarily common. Um, and I, I've experienced it as well. I think to a degree we all have negative thoughts um but the good news is that it's fixable and you know we can program our minds to support us and empower us so i think um there is uh there's that there's another challenge is discipline like self-discipline being able to what i describe as giving yourself a command and then actually following through with that command you know whether it's you know going to do exercise or doing calls to prospective clients for your business or, you know, maybe even self-care. A lot of people aren't very disciplined with self-care um, and, and rest. So that's another big uh, issue that I see um, people and my clients struggling with. Another one is self-image, which I think, you know, is one of the most important concepts that I've learned and um, improving it for me has certainly been the most profitable thing I've done, not just financially, but emotionally, spiritually, and in terms of my relationships as well. But what I mean by self-image is, um, you know, all of us have two images, one that we project externally and one that we have of ourselves. And that in our self-image, um, acts almost like a glass ceiling on our growth. So if we don't see ourselves as being a successful leader in our industry or rising above um, into more impactful roles, then we, we never really will achieve that. If we don't see ourselves as a strong and fit human that eats healthy food and nourishes their body, then it's, we can't really realize that. And so... That's, that's the third piece. The fourth challenge was vision. So not all, uh, when I ask uh, my clients what they want, what they want to achieve, a lot of them don't really know. A lot of them haven't really been asked that before 
haven't asked themselves that question before. So they're not really clear on what they want to achieve in different domains in life. And as a result, have no idea what to do to get wherever they want to go. Um, so they're kind of spinning the wheels, but not really making any progress towards their goals. And so I think to just circle back to your question, I believe, you know, these issues manifest as a result of different programming that we have. Now, it might be programming from parents um, who've raised us, who, you know, who've told us that we may not be good enough. Um, it could be programming from society, you know, turning on the television and being subjected to uh, news that is doom and gloom or going on social media and, and um, seeing a post that stirs up, um, you know, uneasy feelings or even just hurt someone's productivity. And as a result, you know, they're, they're disciplined because of how, you know, alluring it is. So I think, you know, th these are the main challenges that I see a lot of people, certainly, you know, all, all my clients, at least one or more of them experience. Um, and, you know, it can be reversed, right? Like it's, it's not, I'm not sharing these to, um, you know, to help to, to, to create the perception that there's no hope because there absolutely is. Um, but this is, yeah, certainly what's, what's I think very, um, common to, to all more people. And mentioning all these points that you've uh, discussed as challenges, most of them are coming, as you said, from the societal appearance uh, of the pressure that we have to be in that structure of society that comes along. And when you unpack it and remove and reprogram and work through them and you have your tools how to do that and you have the vision of where you go what would be your perspective on the society that is opening up from their point from the point where they unpack their selves and they have established the inner work uh, you know i think like a, a a classic example is um you know social media right like almost everyone uses it you know we have it on our phones and apps like instagram tiktok facebook etc you know they dominate because they are very powerful at training us, uh, at capturing our attention and in effect training us in distraction, right? And so we haven't ever really been taught how to concentrate. If you, th if we think about it, uh, certainly not me, like you know, maybe others have, but if we go back to school, you know, we, we learn subjects. We're not really taught how to learn. We're not really taught how to concentrate either. And so this is becoming a huge problem because distraction is through the roof, right? Like massive, massive loss to productivity, uh, organizations around the world, leading to so much suffering in our daily lives when we're trying to get some work done and the notification pops up on our phone or an email 
um, comes through and it sort of derails our progress and then takes like another half an hour almost to get back into flow. So then when we get to the end of the day, we haven't achieved what we set out to do. It really hurts us and we beat ourselves up and it's a very toxic, vicious cycle. So I share this example because if we're not training ourselves in concentration, which is what I do with my clients to help them elevate their metacognitive awareness, you know, which is their ability to um, focus and to become aware of what they are aware of. Um, if we're not training that, then we will just be subjected to the training of social media and we will continue to become more and more distracted. Our attention span will plummet. It's already shorter than that of a goldfish, if you can believe it. Eight seconds versus nine. Um, so yeah, to, to answer your question, I think that's an example of what what is happening right now if we're not addressing um, you know, something like concentration. So creating awareness and um, making sure that you notice what you're doing is what stands behind your way of dealing with it. Absolutely. Yeah, because, yeah, I, I like what you said, Valerie, to, to notice what we're doing. You know, a lot of the time, we're not noticing what we're doing. We're not aware of what we're doing. We're not aware that we've been scrolling for half an hour. Um, and yeah, it, it, it can be very paralyzing. Um, so training ourselves to, to, to be more aware, it helps us notice things and also catch us if we're about to get sucked into, you know, a, a scrolling session on social media. Yes, I completely agree with your perspective as the state of present, that's what they call, you know, when you present, you're aware of every minute is practiced by the Buddhist meditation and everything that comes along with that inner development comes to that state of just be understanding where you are and what you're doing. But if you see that the society works through that, they understand that this is the only way to continue our humanity is to understand making decisions and realize and be aware of what we're doing and hopefully we would understand that there's a lot of things that we're doing are guided by industries or programs or societal direction as you said the social media um monitoring monitoring everything and manipulating our awareness so if we are to recognize it, what would be the world that you would love to see or create yourself by doing the work that you do? Mm. Yeah, that's, that's an awesome question, Valerie. Certainly a world where love dominates above anything else, you know, and I think, um, from what I've seen and from my experience, love is not not really an emotion. It's it's actually our our existence, right? When we clear away everything that's obscuring, um, like I mentioned before, you know, the self-talk, the self-discipline, you know, the self-image, the um, the vision. When when we 
become much clearer on who we are, we realize that we we operate from a place of love. And I think um, if we really were to treat everyone in the world as we do our you know very best friends and loved ones, you know, with kindness, with empathy, with love, I believe we can solve all of the world's most pressing issues. Um, but unfortunately, you know, that's, that's not the case at the moment. There's a lot of conflict, um, and a lot of fear, uh, in the world. And I believe that, you know, a big part of that is due to people just coming from their self, right. And, and operating from their sense of self, as opposed to, uh, coming from a place of love, which is, is, um, always in service of others. So that's, <laughs> uh, you know, at the risk of, um, the risk of sounding yeah. a bit wooey <laughs> for, for your listeners, um, that's certainly the world I'd love to create. So if you are to create that connection with yourself as feeling love, what would be the place that you remember is love for you in your life? Yeah, that's, that's really, that's a really great sentiment. Thank you for sharing. Is there any, is there any, yeah, is there any specific like memories you have or image that represent that love that you're describing? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I feel, you know, blessed now to be able to see it in a lot more places than I would in the past. Um, and, you know, I'm not talking about, just to be clear, I'm not talking about just romantic love, right? It's not, it's not, it's not just that. Whilst that is really beautiful and, and important, you know, I, I feel love when I am training in the gym with one of my dearest friends and we're pushing ourselves to be better than we were last week. You know, I feel love when I'm walking down the street and, you know, the sun's beaming down on my face and I smile at a stranger passing me by and they smile back. Um, you know, I feel love when I, um, sink my teeth into a delicious, creamy fettuccine carbonara. <laughs> So, you know, I think when we, yes. it's so small little things, it's not the achievement. It's not the, um, getting, you know, positions or achieving at work. It's from the little things that you receive those emotions. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, you know, don't get me wrong. Of course, um, I feel love in, in work as well. And, you know, when I'm speaking or coaching, but what I've learned is that the more that we look for, for love, the more places we'll find it. You know, we, we always have the capacity, like every human always has the, has the capacity to choose what they focus on and we're deletion creatures. So what that means is, you know, at this point in time, um, you know, we're focused on each other, Valerie and, and speaking and connecting, but we're not focusing on, you know, the blood that is getting pumped around our body. Unless now, after I've drawn, you know, our attention to it, we become con you know, conscious yes. of that. So I think every single day, whenever anyone wakes up, they have the choice. They can choose to focus on what's wrong in their life, what they're missing, what they're lacking. 
or they can choose to focus on what they have and what they love. Um, and I think there's, there's power in that. And the more that people choose to focus on what they love and then how to give more love and, and receive more love, um, the more they will be able to, the more uh, elements in their view will sort of support their focus and will give them evidence that, you know, everything that they have in their life is, is, is lovely. That's beautifully said. And I hope that the more work you do by bringing awareness to be aware of your life and your, and notice where you are, what you do and be present as this is becomes, you know, the state that people need to feel experience to understand when you're present in what you do and you strive to live like that daily and by doing your work uh can you please share how to find you or how to connect with you oh gladly yeah uh, thank you valerie so uh, my website is or well, firstly my initials are dmt david michael titel and my website uh, reflects that my website is called the dmt experience.com.au um and I, I'd love to offer a free coaching session, you know, to all of, of your listeners. Um, so, uh, you know, I can drop a link or with, you know, with your permission, Valerie, we can drop a link in the description or, you know, wherever this podcast gets shared. Um, and, you know, you're welcome to follow my journey on Instagram as well. David Titel, um, T-I-T-E-U. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably good, good, good places to start. And following your path and, you know, finding your niche and yourself from the challenge that appeared in your life and striving and creating from that place gives a message to a lot of people that whatever happens in your life and how low and deep you go, it's a direction for you to grow and there's always a supportive group of people around you if you notice them there's always guidance that gives you that hope and light to find direction and it's okay to be in that place that's the path of everyone it's our life is a journey and sharing david journey we've uncovered how you know you can get to that place of awareness of focusing where you want to go and working through your negative thinking overthinking and finding tools for yourself and that's what david is helping everyone who is willing to do the work thank you david so much thank you kindly valerie that was an, a really awesome chat and you asked such beautiful thought-provoking questions thank you for you know creating a platform for this and just you know bringing so many unique perspectives um pun intended onto the podcast to be able to you know enrich people's lives i'm really grateful to be to have been a part of it <laughs>